Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, sometimes known by my government name, Mark Jolliffe. Thank you for checking out the show. Appreciate it. Before we get into this big show right here with Zilla Rocka and Chong Wizard, let's hear a word from our sponsor, read by this dude right here. This year, we are all looking for the perfect holiday gift, and today I want to tell you about the gallery. The gallery shop is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish right now for the holiday season the gallery is exclusively offering our listeners 25 percent off your next purchase using the code friday that's 25 percent off your next purchase at thegallery.com that's the gallery g-a-l-r-y and use that code word friday the code word is friday the gallery create your perfect space Got a big show today on the Infinite Banter podcast. Got a chance to talk to Zilla Rocka, Chong Wizard. They have brought this album together called Midnight Suns, and you definitely need to check it out. It is a straight banger. Nothing but heat on here. Uh, Zilla Rocka was on the show a couple episodes back, and it's the first time we've had a chance to talk to Chong Wizard. But you've heard both of their songs throughout different episodes on this podcast. They both have worked with Griffin Scorsese, and of course, Zilla Rocka and Alaska had that album Cargo Cults, Nihilus Millennial. So definitely check out those Past projects and get this one right here Midnight Suns a lot of comic book references especially Moon Knight and Ghost Rider and I'm a huge fan of both especially Moon Knight so big up much props to these dudes are putting this album together and definitely go back and check out the past episodes I've done recently had a Halloween episode that came out a couple weeks ago uh, thanks to everybody who checked it out and reposted about it really appreciate it as well as the Mr. Hooper episode from a couple episodes back talking about his album Too High to Get Over a lot of positive feedback about that one it's just an amazing project that he put together so I definitely urge everybody to listen to that episode and seek out that music listen to that whole album and really get a feel for what he's talking about i don't want to talk too much as i wanted to get right to it with zilla Rocka and chong wizard we talk about a lot of things comic books their album we talk about philadelphia hip-hop we talk about why zilla Rocka doesn't like star wars i mean lots of things man so definitely stay tuned a lot in that interview with these guys and we'll play a couple songs from that new album midnight suns chong wizard zilla Rocka, coming up here on the infinite banter podcast Make sure you follow the show on all social platforms at Infinite Banter on Twitter. Same for Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but, uh, you know, I've had <laughs> like a love-hate relationship with Facebook, man. It's been it's been hard to want to stay there. But I'm there at Infinite Banter Podcast. You can check it out. Had some fun unfollowing people or unfriending. What's the terms? Unfriending uh, after the uh, election results couple weeks ago it was time to uh say peace to a couple people because i can't i can't do it Ed zuckerberg needs to get his shit together before a lot of people leave facebook but i'm still there i'll be there you can find me on there you can go to youtube check out clips from the show just type in infinite banter you'll find it there please go on to apple podcasts and rate and review this show get it up higher on the on the charts so i appreciate anybody who listens who wants to do a rating and a review definitely much appreciated for doing that you can find this show on all digital platforms just recently added on something called Pod Friend. Never heard of that before. There's Pod Play, Backtracks, some of the newer platforms that I've noticed that the show is on now. And of course, the usual places iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox. Anywhere you find podcasts, this show is there. All right, no more talking. I just want to get right to it. I will tease one thing at the end of the podcast. I want to give props to somebody well deserved somebody who's stepping down from a job they've had for a while that uh, really brought me a lot of happiness a few years ago. Some of you might know who I'm talking about, but 
we'll save that for the end. But right now, let's go ahead and talk to Zilla Rocca. Let's talk to Chong Wizard about this Midnight Suns album. Straight fire emoji like a mother. But here we go. Before the show begins, as always, the devastating mic controller kicks it off. DMC, let them know what they're listening to. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. All right, before we talk to Zilla Rocca and Chong Wizard, let's go ahead and play a song off their new album, Midnight Suns. Make sure you check it out. Get those copies on CD or vinyl. Stream it. Check them out on Bandcamp. They've got merch. I think they got hoodies, everything. So definitely check these dudes out. We're about to talk to them right here. But before we do that, let's play a song off the album. Yeah, this right here, Mark Spector's theme. I'm a big Moon Knight fan, so I definitely, definitely appreciate where they're going with this. For those who don't know, Mark Spector is Moon Knight's alias. And uh, this song right here, it's just, if, in case you're not sure where the album going you hear this and you're like all right this is what it's going to be like for the whole album just straight heat so definitely check this out this is mark specter's theme from midnight suns and on the other side of this we will talk to zilla Rocca and chong wizard about this and a lot more here on the infinite banter podcast mark specter theme here we go Protecting passengers at nighttime cause fools are reckless The new Mark Specter on some f***ing mark for that shit Catch a purple heart for leaving blue blood On a park Mercedes Benzes The former West Coast Avenger Secret Avenger Keep things to do while you're dead in Denver These dudes are henchmen some dental, cause when I roll my sleeves up, it's not pre-existing, boy it's incidental, I'm cold as Warren Ellis, but my life is cinematic like fortune tellers, holding fortune, Frank Lucas, blue magic, what can I say, my face is cold black but off white, still shut shit down like Kawhi on an off night, midnight sun, but sun don't even touch em, trust it, you better run son, midnight sun, but sun don't even touch em, uh, here we go, switch hats, now I'm Steven Grant, number crunching Tell my girl I might die, but you can't have no husband It's jaw busting, kneecap snapping, and ski mask grabbing With secrets from Egypt to Aspen Mr. White, say goodnight, I'm on to that People say you look like Batman all crack That's alright, it's a cold life and loaded dice Face it, all your idols end up like Bo Bites, uh Swinging, the white truncheon Looking for the lame who took a life at the luncheon I'd rather take a punch than block it I have crazy vision Like Dennis Cole's a 95 or Luka Doncic My conscience though Won't let me let shit go They call me crazy like it's etched in stone Back in the backseat driven by a French butler Deal for Dolo My friends will tell you Yo, don't trust them Midnight sun bus Midnight sun, but sun don't even touch him. Just a midnight sun, but sun don't even touch him. Just a midnight sun, but sun don't even touch him. Yeah, yeah. Sean Wizard, Zilla Rocker Kids, uh. on that Mark Spector Steezo.
Hey man, this is Alaska from Cargo Cults and from the Call Out Culture Podcast. When I'm not exposing QAnon, <laughs> I'm chilling on Infinite Banter with the homie DJ Soundwave. Peace. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave, and I'm joined right here by the duo that brought you this incredible album, Midnight Suns. You heard Zilla on here before with Alaska a few episodes back. You've heard Chong Wizard's music. He's contributed to Griffin Scorsese and others, so you definitely have heard his name ring out on this show. Right here, the secret Avengers of hip-hop, the one and only Zilla Rocka, Chong Wizard, are here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. What's up, fellas? What's going on, dude? We're here. Yeah, what's up? It's good, it's good. Man, you know, I was telling Zilla before, I'm a big Moon Knight fan, so when I saw the artwork for your album, I didn't have to hear it. I just knew I was automatically, like, in there. You know what I mean? Ghost Rider, Moon Knight. Talk about the concept that you guys have for this album, Midnight Suns. Let me ask you this. Why are you a Moon Knight fan? I just thought he looked cool. I mean, back in the 80s when I bought my first Moon Knight comic book, and I was, like, maybe 12, 13 years old, I would buy... I guess you could think about this with with albums, too. Yeah, I just saw the cover. I didn't know anything about what was inside. I just saw what it looked like, and I was like, who's this Moon Knight guy? I just wanted wanted to grab it, and it looked really awesome. So I just bought it, and then I got hooked. I believe it was Bill Sinclair. Kevitz that did that first Moon Knight I ever bought. He did a lot of the artwork back then. So I'm an old dude. So yeah, back OG, in the 80s. Right? OG Moon Knight fan. You, you've been down since way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fist of Kenoshu. I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, yeah, all that, man. Moon Knight is... Uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's kind of like people call him like the Batman of Marvel, but I think he's more than that. I think there's a lot more layers to him than Batman had. And he's nuts. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely that, that level of complexity. He's definitely an interesting character. And I mean, especially nowadays and this day and age with uh, mental health being such a huge topic. He's definitely an interesting character. I'm glad that they're getting good writers and, and just putting more of a focus on him. How did you guys first, uh, you know, get introduced to Moon Knight? Do you guys have a story behind it? Like when you first saw him in a comic book or anything like that? Yeah, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember like when, when I became a... I, I think I probably... Because I didn't get into comics to like early, early 90s, like right before like the Jim Lee image, all that shit really, really exploded. And so I didn't I didn't collect his books. I just remember getting his cards like in the Marvel collectible cards and then looking at him and being like, oh, this dude is dope. And I, I think I saw him like in the West Coast Avengers or some shit. Too. There you go. Yeah, I definitely because I definitely wasn't buying like his standalone books. Until maybe uh, like 2010 with the what's the name run, the uh, Brian Michael Bendis run. I think that was him when he was like pretending he was seeing like fucking Wolverine and Cap. <laughs> and, Spike, yeah. and then he was designing all the weapons to have like blades and then a sword and webs and shit. So like I remember grabbing them every week when that run started and I was like, oh, like so that's when I'd be really, really started following him. But before that, he was just like a dude I would see pop up and cross over, over events or like on the, in the comic book cars and shit. What, what about you, John? I honestly don't really remember because uh, it's very similar to what you said was, I mean, I remember being a kid in, in the early 90s, like 90, 91, just started collecting comics and uh i don't remember him because i don't think he was a big big player at that point you know what i mean it was more like spider-man x-men spawn yeah. I, I do remember ghost rider because i had the ghost rider comics from the early 90s and then as i got older like once i hit my teenage years i totally was done with comics and all that and then once i got to my 30s and i kind of would slow down from the whole partying and all that stuff and I just got sucked back into comics. And um, when I was at the comic shop, I remember seeing, I can't remember if it was either the Jeff Lemire run or the Warren Ellis run. And I just gave it a shot and I was just like, 
hooked ever since, right? So it's all about the writer. It's almost not about the character. As much as I love Moon Knight, it's like if you don't have like a good writer writing a character, it's like I'm not going to be probably reading it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of like an album. You could have uh, you know really good beats, but if the verses are trash, you know what I mean. So you could have really good artwork, but if the story isn't anything, you're exactly. not going to buy the yeah. next two or three arcs. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Do you guys like the uh, tuxedo look that he had most most recently, where he didn't even have the cape and all that? He just had kind of like the like he was a like a waiter or something. <laughs> What's it called that look he had? The Warrenella shit. I, yo, because when I, I loved I, it, I was like, he he played up on how like even though he would like have like a vest on, he would take his jacket off and like roll his sleeves up and had like white gloves and shit. I was like, yo, only an insane person would do this shit. <laughs> I loved it. I just don't know how like like Sean was saying about him and then playing up on his mental health and his split personalities like he can he could still have like the ill uh the cape and and the and the the, the, what's it, the, the truncheons and like the little fucking moons he throws at people like batarangs but then just be like dressed up and it's in a fucking white suit with a mask like <laughs> and the suit was beating someone's ass i'm like this dude this is like like they would they wouldn't do that with batman you know what i mean like batman has to have the cowl and all that shit like this is like that having fun with that you know what i mean Ah, I love the suit, the, the whole bow tie, or the whole suit, like the whole look was just so fresh, and it it came off almost like crime noir style because he was very detectiveish in that kind of a uh, good point when they had him in that. You know what I mean? So, and with Zilla, he's all about the crime noir, and I swear, like I've kind of like grown into that over the last few years. Like I've kind of moved away from reading a lot of sci-fi stuff, and I've been way more into like crime noir novels and graphic novels and stuff. It's just I think so, the thing with Moon Knight yeah. for me too was that since I was such a fan of his, but I never got his proper due so i was always rooting for him to like come on somebody's pick up this this title and just do something with it and like you guys talk about warren ellis and finch did covers for him i mean you're just waiting for somebody to just grab the baton and just bring moon knight out of uh you know off the bench and get him you know get him a decent run you know yes yeah and now they have like the what's the name joints with the avengers like they're fighting conchu and all that like the, he's that's now like they, they kind of risen him up the rank where people would know what that will that was now you know fucking 40 years in his his comic book career. <laughs> I think that's the cool thing with comics right now is a lot of the best writers in comics are like, okay, like I don't want to write about the popular characters that have had a million stories told. Let me go grab this like rare character and like resurrect him. You know what I mean? Like Tom King and those guys are doing that right now. They did Mr. Miracle. Now they're doing the Strange Adventures. They did the Vision. Like, Woo. It, it's like, you know, I mean, I like that. It's like, give these other characters a chance. Like, I mean, I love like the big name characters, but a lot of times it's like, we've heard like every story you could think of for a lot of these, like Batman and, and Spider-Man, a lot of these guys. So it's cool when they uh, get a really good writer doing something creative on a, uh, on a rare character. What do you guys think of the uh, series they talked about? Oscar Isaac playing him, who's in the Star Wars flicks. You guys excited about that? I'm kind of on the fence because I hope they just do it right, give it justice. At least they're doing something. So I'm definitely excited. I think Oscar Isaac's a good fit. He's got that versatility and he's got enough star power to like bring in a casual fan who might not know who Moon Knight is. So I think they definitely needed somebody with a name because you couldn't just let this flop with like a bad actor like how they did Iron Fist. Like you need <laughs> you need like Good or Ghost Rider. With the, not that Nicolas Cage is bad, but so, those movies are terrible. Yeah. Well, it's a new era, too. Like, when, when Disney is involved, it's like, there's there's the right money. I mean, we can tell from what we're, we've seen from The Mandalorian that they're putting money into these series. It's it's They're not half-stepping, so. Yeah, dude. And, like, what's the name? Like, the, um, like remember when there was rumors, like, Keanu Reeves was going to be Moon Knight? And Whoa. I was like, nah. 
uh, yeah, I was like, no, he, no, he can't play multiple personality. Uh, but then I, I thought too that was dope about um, having Oscar Isaac because he's already fucked up with Apocalypse. You know what I mean? Like the same way like Chris Evans fucked up with Fantastic Four, like it wasn't a good fit. You know what I mean? Like even like Affleck when he gotcha. was like Daredevil, he was better as Batman. You know, like it's they all kind of like learned their lesson and be like, yeah, that was a bad look. Uh, but this, so now I'm gonna be even more precise and not take that L because when a, when X Men Apocalypse came out and I remember seeing the trailer and Apocalypse looked so ill, you like gigantic and he was like holding down professors. I was like, oh shit. And then I I I watched the minute the minute I hate watch that movie at some point like on HBO I don't remember shit about it like I don't, nothing <laughs> and he and Apocalypse now with the with the Dawn of X and the House of X and the X of Swords books like Apocalypse is like my favorite fucking character now out of all the mutants he's my favorite dude and Oscar Isaac I don't remember anything from that movie he even did so if he if he can be like Tom was saying like the lead in a show that Disney's gonna put bread into he's not gonna sit there and take that L like how like like dude the Iron Fist remember it was killing that everyone's like yo this show sucked <laughs> and the second season. The second season was really fucking cool. I was I was hoping I was actually excited how it ended, but it was like that guy's got to carry that shit with him. You know, what I mean? it's like we take this shit seriously. Yeah, and it, it could have been a good show. I like Iron Fist, and I mean, I think people just jumped on the guy like, and it became the popular consensus of like, okay, we don't like this guy. The, the, the public has decided they don't like the guy. You know what I mean? So it's important to have a lead character that the actor that fans can like. You know what I mean? Otherwise, shit's gonna fail. But at this point, now that we're in, in Disney and the success of the Marvel like cinematic universe, there is no failing for them. It's just not even an option. You know what I mean? They're just fucking the, the amount of money and resources they have to make that shit. It's just gonna be fresh. Oh, yeah. And then even having like Kevin Feige, who just having like real people look this shit over rather than Netflix being like, oh fuck it, let's just you know put it on, see how it goes. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like let let's let's bring in Marshall Ali and then kill him in the first five episodes. Wow, like, that's that's where it jumped the shark right there. You can't do that. He needed to be in the whole yeah. season. Real, I'd rather Luke Cage get killed. He's been more. Oh man! <laughs> Just keep Keanu away from Moon Knight. I don't need him in there. Whoa! Yeah. I'm I'm jumping from rooftops. Oh, get yeah, out of here, man! On, Stay out of my yeah, movie, my, dude. My, my, taking off the Midnight Suns hoodie. I got a Daredevil shirt on. I need the Midnight Suns hoodie. Man, are you guys more Marvel than DC? I'm I'm definitely more Marvel. But there was a time when DC was killing it, like in the mid 2000s, where I was actually buying more DC back then. Uh, I'm neither really. I don't read a lot of DC or Marvel. I do read some, but I'm more of like an independence guy. Like um, mostly Image, some a little bit of Dark Horse. It's just it's all over the place. Vault Comics. Gotcha. Um, just whoever's got the ill shit, you know what I mean? Like, and I find the independence. It's like it's like the underground. Like, I'd rather listen to underground hip hop than commercial hip hop. So it's like same thing with comics. Like, I'd rather go for the uh, independent stuff. Like, I know Image is still pretty big, but at the same time, I feel like they give the artist more control and more time. I don't think like the deadlines on the independent comics are as crazy. Like, and with Marvel, I noticed, and a lot of those long running series from Marvel or DC, it's just there's that monthly rush where it's like that crunch to, to get out the next issue and it's just like a lot of times the art suffers and they can't afford to get like the illest artists doing the interior art because it's time consuming so with the independent books like uh, that's just way more what i'm into yeah i'm i'm like uh i i tried over the summer to really get back into dc i downloaded the dc app and I was watching doom patrol and i was reading like uh i was reading uh 52 I was reading, I was reading like a lot of rant, like old Doom Patrol. I was catching like just characters that I I knew a little bit of, but I've always been a huge fan of the question. 
Like he, I, I took, I took my rap, aka Vic Stage, from the Question books. Nice. Um, I love, I, I always liked him a lot, and I liked, uh, I like, like the Gotham Central books. Um, like anything with like Brew Baker and all those dudes, like Greg Rucka and all that. Yeah, Bennis um, was somebody I liked a lot too. His art. Yeah, yeah, I really like his shit. And so now, I mean, all I'm really checking now is, um, because I have like the unlimited plan on comicsology so i get you, know, you could borrow books and it's usually like older books which is dope like it's a lot of shit i either read 15 years ago and forgot about or like you know books that came out a year ago i didn't check it so i'm the only thing i'm buying like full stop is x-men because i hadn't this this last year jonathan hickman i hadn't bought an x-men book since like 95 because x-men got real corny back. yeah like after after bubble burst i just didn't fuck with x-men anymore Cause then you had, you know, you did cartoon, then you had the movies and shit. And I was like, Chong, right? I wasn't fucking with comics for a long time. And then once I hit like my late twenties, early thirties, I moved across the street from comic book store and got back into it. Um, but I wasn't buying X-Men cause I was like, ah, mutants, who gives a shit? It's the same stories. Everyone's trying to kill them, whatever. And then, uh, Chong got me excited about the house of X shit and the dawn of X. When you were like posting pictures and talk about it, I was like, Oh, you know what? I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. And uh, so that's the one I'm, I'm like buying constantly, and then everything else I'm like going back and like I'm kind of like like Chong a little bit, where like I'm, I'm checking some indie, but not enough where I can know like the studios beyond like Boom Studios or like uh, what's the other one like uh, IDW? Are they still around? IDW does a lot of like Ninja Turtles and a lot of like stuff that was like a uh, like '80s. Cult. If you had an action figure yeah. or like a, yeah. a cartoon from the '80s, then IDW is turning it into a. Exactly. Like G.I. Joe, sure, Transformers, yeah. stuff like that. Great. I mean, the only thing I could think of from IDW that was any good was um, Lock and Key, which turned yeah. into a horrible uh, series on Netflix. It was such a damn stream because it was such a good comic book. Yeah, anyway. yeah. so I, I, I guess just Marvel um, by default. But like, I've tried to get past because I feel like I just consume so much Marvel in general, like with the fucking movies and the shows. I was like, oh, what else is going on too out there? But X-Men just kind of, like, wrapped me back up in Marvel, like, you know, but I've been playing on it. <laughs> and being across the street, man, that's just, that just keeps you interested because a lot of us, you know, we have to go drive to a comic book store and it makes it hard, especially in this COVID era, to, you know, go stand in, you know, a store or something to look at stuff on a rack or whatever. So there you go, man. Well, they I got did, you back. I, I, don't, I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. But um, but when I, when I would go there every week, like, I had, like, my comic book guy who would start putting shit aside for me just being, like, you would like this check this out go back and look at this book from three years ago you missed check this out and that that's that's what like how chong was saying how he's like moved on from like sci-fi that got me into knowing that i really like like crime centered more realistic type of books and then when i do jump into sci-fi here and there like horror fantasy it's more of like you know like an appetizer or some shit you know i mean but i want like but which is fun for me with the x-men because the x-men books now give you like all the different titles give you all different styles from like the fantasy shit to like secret op shit to like <laughs> trading and economics. It's like so fucking intricate. I like that shit a lot. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm trying to expand my horizons because all I do is and fucking read crime books and, and watch crime movies and all. So I'm trying to like shake my system up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to, to, to mess around with different genres because I mean, you get stuck on one for too long and then it gets played out for you. So it's good to jump around. It's all about just finding the good writers, right? Any good writer can like read life into whatever genre they're working on. Like you're talking about Hickman with the X-Men, but like I'm reading Hickman's 
decorum on image right now and it's like it's what it feels like what he wish he could do with x-men but like mm-hmm. it's tra- training wheels are off they're letting him like the artist he's got doing decorum it's just off the wall it's just like you gotta check it decorum when, when bendis went to dc I, th- I wanted to read superman i want to see how he was going to handle doing such a major mm. character like that so i wasn't really checking for superman comics and i was like the first one i bought in like at least a decade when he started doing that. So I was intrigued to see how he was going to handle it. I can't lie. I haven't been buying as many comics as I used to. I used to be there every Wednesday, man, and get stuff pulled like you guys are talking about. But yeah, it's been a while since I've been to that degree. So I definitely need to catch up. Yeah, the online shit, man. I, I got no more room in my house for the for the, the hard copy. It breaks my heart. But yeah, I got boxes yeah. stacked in the closet, man. <laughs> I got way too many. The wife fucking gets so mad about all the comics. Man. I've had that discussion before. The last year when, when the Marie Kondo show came on, I went in my basement throughout 75 comics. I just went through them all being like, do I really love this book? No. Wow. Yep. <laughs> man, you, are, man, you have a couple of titles. I just want to, you want to hear some of the ones that didn't make the cut word. You have, you remember any of them? Uh, there was like, uh, there would, there would just be like one off books. I would try for like two, three issues and then be like, I don't really fuck with this. And then, uh, or, or books were like, I was fucking with it heavy. And then they shifted the story arc or the writers. Right. So I remember that I was really, really big on Venom when they introduced like Agent Venom, Flash Thompson. Like I loved that book. And then once they ran through the Agent Venom and started putting him in outer space, I was like, nope. And so I was <laughs> buying them still, like hanging on. And I was like, fuck this. So I threw those out. I just kept all the Agent Venom joints. I really liked a lot and chuckled. I, I can remember getting rid of those. I was like, no, I can't. I can't go back. To this. I was like that with Punisher when it turned into Frankenstein. I'm like, what is this? Like, I can't read this anymore. This ain't Punisher. It's, you know, the War Machine joint was crazy when he got the War Machine costume. Yeah. That was the... There you go. That was the... Not like this past year. That was the illest fucking Punisher joint. That's like Jordan putting on some, you know, new Nikes. I mean, it's like that's made for him. Like someone who just destroys and kills. Uh, you giving him a machine, you know, an outfit uh, like that. Oh, it was amazing. I was like, they should have thought about this 20 years ago. This is great. Just fucking... Then, roll, uh, people <laughs> fucking kill him. I bought that. I bought that issue just because of the cover. It looks so sick. I never actually read it though. It was good. Oh, dude, he the way he kills people with that suit is fucking amazing. It's like I'm like giddy reading that. I was like, oh shit, he's like drop a tag on a motherfucker. He rolls up like boop, drop a tag. Well, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta pull that. I gotta pull that out. I gotta read that. There you go. The war machine shit. I love Punisher, man. Wow. Yeah, Punisher's uh like my go-to's are always Daredevil, Punisher, yeah. you know, the more grittier stuff, not necessarily the the shiny, excitable stuff that people always want to buy. Like Spider-Man gets kind of like they do too much. I, I feel like they ruined them a little bit, but yeah, definitely Punisher, Daredevil are my go-to's. Love Daredevil. Yeah, I love The Punisher has been good lately cuz it's it's just Garth Ennis doing miniseries. Like he'll do like one miniseries a year and it's like five, six comics and it's just really good like the last two years um good yeah garth ennis that's the guy right there i mean i love the boys i haven't seen the show yet i'm, I'm way sleeping oh. on that but i i got every comic and uh i i remember thinking when i was reading I'm like they can never turn this into a movie or a show and obviously they proved me wrong i just haven't seen it yet but you guys you guys fans of it have you guys watched it because i i'm definitely needing to check it you know we just did a for call out culture we just did a patreon exclusive only talking about the boys that's going to be up soon 
just to be like, yo, if you fuck with that show and you fuck with us, we're going to do like 25 minutes on there. The you go. Concert. I didn't know shit about it. I remember seeing the book, but I was like, yeah, this is like a little too crazy for me right now. And no, it's definitely that. First, yes. And then when the show first came out, I was like a little too fatigued at the time where I was like, there's so I've, I've just consumed so many superhero shows and movies. I can't get into another one. So I chilled on it. And then as the second season was going on, people were going so bonkers. I was like, all right, I had some time. That shit was, <laughs> that show was unbelievable, man. Wow. That's, that is raunchy as hell. That show is wrong. Okay. Because like, it's like porn, some it. of them comics, dude. I'm not going to lie, dude. So I'm assuming they do the same thing yeah. in the show. I, uh, I haven't read the comics, but the show is, is pretty graphic. I mean, a lot of heads exploding and shit, and just, it's ultra violent. Um, some crazy, like, superhero sex and shit. It's wild. A lot. There's a lot going on. All right. Now I'm sleeping on it, and I need to get woke and watch the boys way, way behind. People, give me your Amazon code so I can go check it out. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> but, man, let's talk about uh, the album, the artwork for it. You got Ghost Rider and Moon Knight right on the cover. Talk about coming up with the uh, the cover art for that, because that just, like I said, blew me away as soon as I saw it. Cover art, I mean, it was just like I knew this cat uh, on Instagram, Paul Rentler, and I had seen his, like, um art style which was kind of this um it's very collage style but he also makes it kind of like lo-fi art collage where like it, he makes it look like shit's like photocopied and then kind of paste cut and pasted together and like it's very stylish and um i just seen him doing stuff and i reached out to him and he was down because i i wanted kind of that gritty black and white feel like i didn't want to go super shiny and colorful for this because it was like a very dark album and very dark characters and it was just a, grit, a gritty ass album i wanted something that reflected our album and i thought he really executed really well with it um and then i got the variant covers like the variant cover was uh done by this guy uh, armando ramirez and uh he does a lot of like just crazy commission sketches like constantly on instagram that's how i found him and then the guy who did the test press variant was my homie who owns the comic book shop. So it's like meeting meeting the homie that ran the comic book shop and he's fucking ill at art too. So like he just he did that and um you know that was the original cover before we before we got uh the other new covers so but i mean the art direction's huge for me man it's all about you know i mean making sure it reflects the music and is also appealing to the eye and for the collectors because when i make these things i want to make collector's items i don't want to make like some recyclable forgettable music or products you know i want it to be high quality so the art has to be high quality yeah it's just uh it's it's I awesome agree. dude I, I need that i need that variant you know you don't get i've heard a comic I've only let you get like one variant, you know, per customer. So how many variants do you guys have? You said just the one? Oh, yeah. We, we got the, there's two different covers. Like there's the main cover and then there's the variant and then there's the test press variant. There's a hundred of each of the main and there's a hundred of the variant. And then of the test press, there's only 10 copies of that. So that's the rare one. And how'd you guys come up with the concept? I mean, this whole record, it's got that eerie vibe, you know what I mean? Like just that dark, gritty feel. Did you guys set out to do a record like that? Yeah, it started with um, when I was working on my Infinity Stone series. Um, I wanted Zilla Rocca to be on the project because I knew he loved comic books and I knew he loved Moon Knight. That was how we connected. It was like, I knew he loved Moon Knight. And I was like, man, we got to do a Moon Knight song for the Infinity Stones. And so I made this crazy ass beat um, that I really put a lot of work in, into and thought as far as like, I was just like putting myself in the composer chair. Like, what if I was um, scoring the Moon Knight soundtracks for the moon knight movie and this is i wanted you know i wanted to be crazy and intense and just hard gritty and shit and 
fucking Zilla loved the beat. He killed it. And then once the song was done, I was just like, man, like the song is so good. Like we got to, uh, we should just do an album. Like this is just too good for just a one-off, you know what I mean? And then um, he had mentioned Midnight Suns on his hook on that first song. And I was like, man, Midnight Suns, that sounds like a dope album title. And uh, he was feeling it and we just ran with it, man. And then like, I wanted to build the sound off of that first song because I liked how the song sounded. So I tried to like stay in that same vein of kind of like that rock, like dirty ass fucking rock, fucking heart heavy bass, hard drums, you know what I mean? Live drums. And we just built on it, right? Yeah, that first track, I mean, right off the bat, when you hear it, you're like, okay, here we go. And uh, Zilla, man, I like the Stephen Grant reference in there. I was like, I was checking for uh, Jake Lockley, but I didn't hear it maybe, unless I missed it. But yeah, yeah the references. Yeah, you know, I don't want to force too many parts, but that was like that. That joint came out like when when I work with producers, like it's either I like I, I can get beats from people, like people submit me stuff, or you know, I'm fans with I'm fans with a lot of guys, and then we we you know trade ideas or we we get cool with each other on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever in person before COVID. And then sometimes like you just get 30 beats and you just can't really get anything going or you may get 50 beats and like one, but you really want to work with that person or like you think it'll be a good look for your career or something. And so with Chong and I was just like the, the beats he was getting me on for his projects, I was like, these beats are fire. And then he, but they weren't his, it wasn't mostly his production. I think, I think one of them was, but two others weren't. And then once, and then I started seeing like, you know, his shit he was building with his releases and like his in-house producer guys. But when he sent me this Mark Spector's joint and it was his beat and I was like, oh shit, like this is the one where I'm just right away. Like it came to me fucking like Biggie, it came to me like a song I wrote. Like I just sat there 25 minutes, 30 minutes, like wrote it, laid it down right away, sent it right back probably within a day. I was like, yo, check it out. Um, and that's that, that's like the the, the the dragon you're chasing when you're when you're rhyming, you know. What I mean? and, you, and you can have like I make my own beats. Like it's I'm never like struggling to be like, oh man, I wish I had beats to make me want to rap right now. Damn. So when you can you can catch that that vibe with somebody, you know, it's like you want to keep that going, especially when it's it's pretty it's pretty painless and, and easy. And so that was like after we did that joint, it was like okay, we now we know this is like a formula that can work. We didn't we didn't need to make you know. Like that fucking Buster Rhyme shit. Like this dude made nine hundred records. <laughs> Where does he get Like nine hundred records, nine hundred songs. We made nine, and they're exactly. All <laughs> and the thing, the funny thing was, is like I think I think I might have sent him a beat packet once, but it was all just kind of like whatever. It didn't fit the vibe, and then all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? Like I've each beat for this album, I have to make the beat specifically for this album, and then I wouldn't send him anything unless it was fire that I thought and I, if I didn't think it fit the album. And then when I started sending them, it was like, I would send one at a time. You know what I mean? Like what, it might only be one that month, you know what I mean? And, and he would usually like, I think it was rare that he rejected anything at that point because I would take my time and make sure it was tailor made for him and for the project. And most of the times he'd just boom, like knock it out. You know what I mean? But it was, it was, it was slow going. Like sometimes I'd, I'd maybe I'd knock out three and then like, he wouldn't hear from me for months. And then, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a long process, man. It was like two years. I'm guessing for you guys, it's an advantage because you both do production. So, you know, when you're sending each other beats and, and song ideas and such, it probably makes it at least more cohesive. It's it's not as hard of a, maybe a tug of war with somebody you never worked with before trying to, you know, get used right. to using, you know, on a record. Yeah. 
Cause like, cause I, because I'm a, I, I produce and I, I like to, I produce my shit. I arrange my shit. I take, I take that stuff very seriously. Like the arrangements on songs. Should we take this part out? Should this be the drop? Can we bring, you know, this hi-hat down a little bit? Like I'm very hands-on when it comes to my shit for my own stuff. And when I'm collaborating with people, I like to see if, if, if they want to push back, I'm down to listen to it too. I'm like, Hey, let's just try it out. Like maybe I don't, I don't hear your vision of it the way it is in my mind. But if you push back on it, like, yo, actually let's try it. I'd be like, all right, go. Like whoever has the best idea wins period. So it's like with this record, we had a lot of tweaks being like, ah, let's, should we add this here? Or, you know, a child would be like, ah, I'm like, I'm like, yo, the song's done. And child would be like, ah, I'm going to bring in a live violinist. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, all right. Great. Yeah. Yo, I'm going to bring in a live guitar player. I'm like, I think it's done, but all right, fuck it. If it's whack, then we will scrap it. But if it's even better, it's even better. So, so there was a lot of back and forth with it. And it was cool because it was like, like even when we did the artwork in the beginning, I was saying to him, I was like, yo, I, I, don't, I don't think this is black and white. I think it needs more color. And he would be like, nah, like I think the opposite. I think it's like, it's stripped down. Like, I think, I think it needs to be black and white. And I was like, I've never had black and white art. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I put out a million right. fucking records and songs. So I was like, oh, okay, fuck it, man. Yo, if you, if you really believe that and you, you can deliver on that, then, then let's do it. You know? So I was like, every step of the way, it was us getting comfortable and over the two year span being like, I don't agree with that. But here's why, or this is done cool. Or what if we just tried this? You know what I mean? And it was, it was pretty great. It was, it was cool. Like moving forward, whatever we do next, it'll be, you know, twice as fast. I think working with Zillow was great because like he's super humble and um, I think we're both easy to work with. Sometimes I can be super like, like, this is my vision. This is what we're doing. But he wasn't like fighting me on anything. Sometimes he would just be like, like a lot of times with the songs, like I'd let him just do the whole concept. Occasionally I might have like an, some like minor input, like maybe do a noir song here or something. And then he would like with Coppola, I was like, you should do like a femme fatale song. And then he was like, and then he brought it, he did, he brought his whole, like, it was like Coppola turned into this like concept song where he is every, like almost every word out of his mouth is like an old movie, like an either an old noir movie or like yes. an old movie. You know what I mean? So it's like the complexity of that for him. And he also tells the story with it it's like how the level of difficulty of doing not only like a concept song where you drop like fucking um movie titles like every fucking other word but also making a story that you can follow along to man that was impressive and just the whole thing it was very easy to work with him occasionally he would have input on stuff like we had gotten very close to having honest living crooked killing done and he said it's long and it's kind of repetitive and i was like and it was really dope at the time, but it was this was before we brought in any instrumentation on that song. And so then I got the Widowmaker Beats guys because they they've got like a guitarist in their crew, and um, I don't know what other layers they played some like horror sounding synth on there or something in the background. And then it was cool. And then around that time, I was getting this violinist to play on it on a different track that I had found. And then I was like for the price i think she was wasn't charging us that much i was like fuck let's just get her to do two joints so i just sent her uh honest living crooked killing and it just took it to the next level and it was like wow like glad that fucking zilla said that he thought the track was repetitive because after that it was just turned into the crown jewel of the album i mean between the features from billy woods and lord juco and then having like all the live instruments on there and it was just like that song i mean the content everything I, i'm still like i'm amazed and impressed by that song i mean to, i mean point blank that shit impressed myself on that one yeah barry horwich yourself pat yourself on the back on that one for sure 
without a doubt. I, I remember when I was playing it, I was thinking like, man, this is like on some 70s like thriller Bernard Herrmann steeds, this whole album. And uh, the song, yeah, what are you talking about with the violins coming in? I'm like, man, there are violins on this? Like this is this shit is, and then another song had it on there. Yeah, uh, much props. The the violins on there really bring home that eerie feeling to it. So definitely respect to uh, those that play the violins on there. That that's a cool idea. You don't hear that in hip hop music too much. You don't hear a lot of violins. You know what I mean? So definitely. We used to on like on like you know Cuban Links or like Reunited, right? And then what was that girl uh, Mary Ben Ari? Remember Kanye first came out? Yeah, and shit. And then that was that. <laughs> right. I mean, you hear people sample like fucking violins, but having an actual violinist came in there is a whole different story, man. Like the layers, the amount of layers, like some of those layers, she played like nine layers of that shit to make it sound that thick. It was just crazy. Like, man, it's wild. And you guys brought up Coppola. That might be my favorite song on there. I mean, it'll probably change after hearing it a few more times, the album, but that one, uh, that's like keep your eye open type shit, man. <laughs> Talk about that record and uh, just the theme behind um, it. And that one's definitely, like I said, it's eerie. So I, I have, um, it's, it's interesting. Like the way I, I've been making, I mean, there was a stretch probably from like 2005 to, when was my son born? 2015. So basically for every day for 10 years from that time frame, 2005, I was re- making, recording, performing rap almost every single day. Different studios, my home studio, people coming through, working on people's albums, rehearsing. Like, all I did was be a fucking rap factory. And then once my son was born, that first year, 2015 to 16, I took the year off, obviously, like adjusting and all that shit. Um, and now revving it back up the last few years, which is cool. But during that rap factory era, I just made so many beats, wrote so many songs, did so many shows. And I just had, like, a lot of shit sitting around, either for albums that never came out or had a fallen out with this dude or this one dude just vanished off the face of the earth. And I would just have all these rhymes and songs and records sitting around. And most of them are garbage, you know what I mean? Like, I got a hard drive. There's mad shit on there I'll never let anyone hear or, or go back. <laughs> but other times I'll be like, yo, what what's salvageable from this time? And so the Coppola joint was, I think it was originally on a small pro beat. It was for a project. And then uh, the project died somewhere. So I had it like, I had parts of it done. And the project, it, it was it was going to be like a song right? and whatever. And so the theme was going to be like, I told one part of the story, someone else is going to tell the other part of the story using like movie titles from the 70s. And so I, I went back to it. I found it. And I was like, like this happened with me and Ray West record where like like every every beat and every song like finds its right match sometimes. You know what I mean? So most of the time I write everything from scratch, which is cool. Other times I'll be like, yo, this beat like, I know I have something that would, that would fit this. I'm, I'm going to dig around. So Coppola, I was digging around and I found part of that, that verse. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Like this may fit. Like I have to, I need to like really tweak some things and update the flow and the pattern and like move apart around here and there. And like, cause I'm, I'm really big on editing if I find old shit and try to, you know, use it. But that's all I did. I, I found this part. It was probably like 60% done. And I just tweaked it and found it and was like, all right, so I sent it back to Sean because I, I tried something else first on that beat and it didn't work. And he was like, nah, I'm not really fucking with this. And I was like, all right, let me try something else. So when I, when I did Coppola joint and I sent it to him and he was like, whoa, like I, I didn't. So I was like, I'm not sure if he likes this shit. I don't know if it's going to work. Who knows? But uh, I was like, I, I think it'd be kind of cool if we, if, if we, we keep it as kind of like, you know, a short little break into action of the record. So now it's like, uh, it, for you to say like, that's like your number one shit. That's like, 
pretty fucking stunning to me. But it makes me feel good because all of those years uh, doing shit, like, you know, you guys talking to me now and you know me, it ain't because music I was making in 2008. Right. You know what I mean? 2009. But getting all those reps in lets me now sometimes when I'm, when I'm like, yo, I got to, I, I, whatever I'm making right now isn't, isn't cracking for this particular shit. Let me dive back into some, something I could potentially find, whether it's a beat or a verse or something. So like that joint now is, you know, like that's, it's interesting, like as the record's been out now for a while, like that's the song I see people kind of like mention a little bit, you know what I mean? Where like when you first get it and you first play it and like Mark Spector's theme comes in, kicks your fucking ass and then Greg goes and then, oh shit, nature. And then Malik B and Billy Woods, you know what I mean? Oh shit. Like once you get past the, the right. excitement and, and the rock and all that, it's like, it's like the ill album cut, you know, like tucked in there for you to, to go back to and shit. It's so, like a one but, shot, like a, like a comic book reference. There. Yeah. Like, like yep. exactly. You nailed it. I was glad that he actually did a song on that beat because it, and even the way he flowed on it, because the drum pattern on that was just, it was mad different. So like, I, I was just impressed the way he did the, did the flow on that track. Man. It was just unique, unique vibe. Even the whole, that whole song is a unique vibe. Right. I agree. That's all I wanted to add onto that. <laughs> yeah. I think like after the first couple of times I played it, it didn't really stand out, but like the third or fourth time I'm like, man, what is this is right here? It's really catching me. And then I like, guess I heard it another time and I'm like, it just started grabbing me more and more. And I think I just like the, the content of it, you know, just like what you're talking about in there. I just like that grimy shit, man. I mean, it's that, that you know, hide under your bed because someone's coming after you type shit. Like, it's just stab you in the alley. But I don't know how to, you know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I end the verse by saying, I had to hide my tracks under bed knobs with brooms. And bed knobs and broomsticks was like my favorite fucking movie. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a slept on Disney banger, that, that movie. Peep that shit if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Man. Angela and, Lansbury's in it. Ew. Oh, she's, you know, legend. <laughs> yeah, legend. Icon. Iconic. <laughs> Man, you guys mentioned there's a lot of, you know, features and, and guests on here. When I saw Jay Zone's name on there, I'm like, are you serious? Like, this dude contributed to this album with the drums. Talk about, you know, just all the people you've worked with on here and how you guys all collaborate. And it's probably a long answer for that one. But Jay Zone one wasn't that long of an answer. I mean, basically, um, Jay Zone started putting out these breakbeat albums when he became a drummer, which I thought was really cool how he changed careers because he was kind of just sick of rapping and started drumming. And so when I, re- when I found out he had started putting out these breakbeat records, I was like, you know, let me, let me buy one of these. You know what I mean? Like I'm always in looking for different producer tools and stuff. You know what I mean? And um, I got it just in the midst of, of working on um, midnight suns. And then I started using them for the beats and the shit just, it fit the sound of, of trying to make it sound like a live band. And then um, after I had used so many, like like half the album was like Jay's own breakbeats. And then there was a couple songs on there that just kind of stood out like sore thumbs that had my programmed drums. Like it was Honest Living and Vigilante Breakfast. So we got him to go back and play the drums on those live because I reached out to him and he was down. We ended up using, obviously, for the Honest Living, we used his drums, but the uh, for, for whatever reason, it just didn't sound right on the Vigilante Breakfast, so we had to stick with my program to drums on that one. But, I mean, the Honest Living drums that he did were, he did, were just amazing, and he only played about 30 or 40 seconds, and that song was like four or five minutes long, so it took me 
a long time to sequence those drums to each guy's verse and I tried to make it kind of ride the verse, the emotion of the verse because J-Zone gave me so many pieces to work with and I think each each MC on that track had a different kind of like, at different points of their verse had different emotion to it, you know what I mean? So that track, that was another, another thing back to Honest Living, man, that just was another element. J-Zone really helped make that song what it was. Yeah, without a doubt, like I said, when I saw his name on there and the song I probably anticipated the most when I saw the track list was of course with the uh, the recent passing of Malik B when I saw he was on a track I was definitely excited when that track came up and talk about that song Philadelphia that one's a, another banger and you know what was it like having Malik B on a record oh man dude I mean he's um I remember when when the news broke and I was like fucking stuck because even if even if we didn't work with him um I, I was in a study I remember like being on the train in high school every day playing do you want more cassette you know what i mean and like really not being able to discern like who's my favorite rapper in this fucking group like when the roots were new like when proceed was out um and then following them on you know illadelphia half-life and then things fall apart and then uh and he popped back up again on like game theory and the rising down and he did the record with mr green like he was a dude where i was like i've never heard anyone in philly or beyond tap into his style ever like he's Black Thought now is in that space where he, like, is the go-to guy where everyone's like, oh, I really love real rap. A dude who can rap his ass off forever. I'm going to put him on my song and test myself. You know what I mean? Like, Rock Marcy got him on songs. Benny, you know, uh, what's that new record he just did with your old Drew and them? But, like, Malik B, you know, I feel like he was that dude. Just no one knew about him enough outside of Philly. Right. And so when we got him, it was like... It was kind of like a Hail Mary because we, at that stage, I was like, I really wanted like a Philly-centric cat on the record that was like a classic Philly rapper. And so he he originally wasn't even supposed to be on Philadelphia. He was supposed to be on, I think, Lucky Break. But I think he chose Philadelphia, right? Is that how it went, Sean? I think he picked that one. No, um, what happened was was because you, on your verse on Philadelphia, when you referenced um, the Malik B line, or... And then whatever it was, uh, I'm from Philadelphia, place for the kill as well. Right. You wanted me to go back and scratch that line because yeah. you did just kind of like a vocal scratch on it. Right. And I went and found the song, and I was like, the song's too fast. I don't have the acapella. Uh, just it's gonna sound chopped and screwed if I try to like scratch. This is not gonna sound good on this record. And um, I was like, what if we fucking get Malik B on this shit? You know, and get him to redo the chorus and do the verses or whatever. And um, obviously Zillow was down because it's one of his um, heroes, you know what I mean? And uh, I like the connection, man. I mean, I'm not from Philadelphia, but I can respect that, that he wanted to work with one of the OGs from his city. So I I set out to make that happen by reaching out to Mr. Green and shout out to Mr. Green for uh, linking me with Malik B because Malik B is very hard to find because he's not on social media. He was a real street guy, you know what I mean? In the streets, like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I got his phone number and his email and... um, worked things out it was it was difficult i'm not gonna lie it was not easy he wasn't like super easy to work with but he got the job done and um shout out to ralphie reese for letting us um use his studio to record malik b like during the height of the pandemic where nobody wanted to let anybody into their studio to record so i'm like i'm on the other side of the world here trying to coordinate shit you know what i mean in canada well, hey, like, i was like reaching out to people in philly i know they had studios like and they were like nope no one come through. Sorry, uh, we were like, "Fuck!" It was, it was tricky, man. I, I'm, I'm, yo, it's it literally, it's a fucking miracle that it is. happened. 
through. Because even Ralphie Reese was very skeptical. He's like, eh, I don't know. I've heard things about Malik B and all this. And I'm like, I'm like, let me talk. And I'll, I'll give Malik B a phone call and I'll talk to him and I'll get back to you. And so I talked to Malik B and I'm like, yeah, he sounds fine. He sounds, you know, sounds chill on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, we had a good conversation. And um, so fucking so uh, Ralphie Reese took a chance and boom, they knocked. He knocked it out for us, and uh, the rest is history, man. The track fucking turned out banging, and then, of course, fucking tragically passed away like about a month later after recording, and it was, it was just shocking and a shame because I he would text me all the time just talking about, like, you know, wanting to do more, or, like he wanted to work more. And, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have any other work for him at the time because we only really needed that one verse for the track, and... I had so much else on my plate, but he was ready to work and he was hoping that that feature would kind of get his name back out there and that he could uh, start working with all the new age underground casts. And, uh, and, you know, it's a shame because I know he was, we even talked about Griselda. He was a fan of Griselda and what they were doing. And and, um, so he knew what was going on. I think that just like he wanted a chance to get back in the game. So RIP Malik B. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. And for those of who are not in Philadelphia, Zilla, what's it like there? I mean, there are people, you know, still kind of mourning him. How how big was Malik B in Philadelphia? Like, where did, did his name ring out as much as I would think it did? He, so that was the thing, like like how Chong said, like street level. Like he, when you say street level with Malik B, it means like he was a day to day dude. Like he was always around the neighborhoods that he grew up in and hang out in. Like he was not like. Oh, I remember the Roots. They were here on South Street in 1992. Now they're in New York. Now they're around the world. Now they're in Switzerland and doing whatever. You know, he he stayed here. And he didn't, he was not like the type of, yeah, man, my, you know, 300 days a year, I'm on the road touring. Like, that just wasn't who that guy was. And so you would, you could go to a random, there, there, there's like random clubs in Philly that, that have like hip hop nights, R&B nights, you know, throwback nights. And you could walk in, like he would just be in the corners, like chilling the fuck out. He wasn't like off in the clouds, like Quest Love or like in some hidden palace. You know what I mean? Like, like him and Dice Raw, like right. you, you could go, go out to dinner right now if, if COVID wasn't happening. And like Dice Raw might be in a restaurant too, just like chilling. So like those, those guys were always, their presence was always felt no matter if like you got me was the biggest shit in the world or they were in between records or they were doing concept albums like dice and malik were always in and around philly which is really cool so when when malik passed it was like i it's still crazy to me like i still get goosebumps when i play philadelphia and like sometimes i, I don't want to play it you know what i mean because like, i don't want to think about that this might be the last thing this guy ever did on a record like for our record you know what I mean? Like I, I, I wish, I wish it was a different story. I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's a fact, but it might be. So he's like all these things that are happening to Black Thought now. Like Black Thought earned that. I think Black Thought's probably wrapped more than any human being in the world. Like, like literally days and hours of his life. But it doesn't mean that you know Malik still couldn't catch him. You know what I mean? Like right now, right. if he was alive, you could put him in a booth together. Like it is neck and neck. It's not like Black Thought just stomps all over. Him. And speaking of Philly MCs, you know, Walt Sicknett, another guy I really liked, uh, he passed away earlier in the year as well. So, you know, Philly's had a hard couple losses here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wild year. But the good thing is that, uh, like, like Black Thought's been dropping his records. We're about to have the, uh, the, the Fresh Prince reunion the video. You know what I mean? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, it, there, there's still something to smile about, you know. And then there's, I just feel like, uh, the cool thing is, like, Philly just is a great fucking place for rappers, dude. You know what I mean? It's just, 
like it's funny i was making a joke to somebody being like the 20th best rapper in philly destroys like the seventh or eighth best rapper in fill in the blank city you know what i mean i'm just not not even like talking shit like that's just like factual like we yeah. got a lot of different people that from right. all different lanes from commercial dudes club dudes battle dudes spitting dudes backpack dudes like a lot of people it's 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 really astounding. So I, I feel like we're always on the up and up. And Sean, what's it seem like where you're at up in Canada? You know, it's quiet these days up here. Um, there's a lot of people doing a lot of different kind of music up here. Um, as far as hip hop goes, I mean, there's some cats doing stuff, but it's not really my type of hip hop. So I can't really speak too much on that. But there's, there's a cool history of some cats up here. You know what I mean? Like the Rascals, Swollen Members, and Swollen <laughs> Jay Swing and, and Flip Out and Mocha Only and there's some cats. I mean, there's a history here in Vancouver, but as far as far as like new like cats, there's not a lot. I mean, there's these guys um production crew called Potato Head People. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they they make some Slum Village type sounding Whoa. stuff. They just had a brand new album come out, and they had like T3 on the album, and they worked yeah. with Ola J, and they had um, Pasta Noose on the album. So those Ooh. guys are fresh. Shout out to uh, Potato Head people there. They got a fresh sound. You know what I mean? I got to fuck with that. I love T3. Man, without a doubt. And speaking of guests, of course, you guys had to have Alaska and Curly Castro on here. Vigilante Breakfast. Talk about that record. And, you know, that's another one, just a, a banger off of this record. You know, you know what I like to do, man? When, when, when I'm at, like, the, the, the end zone with some records, there, there'll be people I'll just hit a lot of it, like, yo, I got nothing left in the tank. I don't know what the fuck to write about. You take it. You shape <laughs> it. You tell me how it's going to go. And so that was Castro. So I sent the beat to them, and I was like, Castro was like, oh, yeah, right away. It's going to be about, you know, a vigilante, like what, what that's like, you know, when you got to go to work. Basically, like, it, it, he's basically telling them, talking about Daredevil almost. It's like when you watch a Daredevil show, you see how much Matt Murdock gets fucked up and then has to, like, go be a lawyer and he's all bruised and looking like <laughs> right. shit. That's basically Castro's verse. Like, he's not, he's not even talking about Daredevil. But, and, then, and then I did a verse and then a chorus, and then Alaska was like, oh, shit, I don't know anything about vigilantes because I don't fuck with comic books and I hate Marvel. I'll do it about the vigilantes I fuck with, which like the hackers, you know what I mean? So he did it all about like black hat and fucking Snowden and all that. So he brought like his own angle to it, which is man cool. But like, I, I'm, I, I usually like reserve that space to shout out to my guy, I alive from Philly. Like the last couple records I make, I always go to him when it's like the fourth quarter. I'm like, bro, go give me some buckets, man. He'll be like, all right, here's the chorus. Here's the fucking concept. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thanks. So for this one, though, it was Castro. Like, Castro came up with the title. He came up with the theme. And then he kind of – and he, that's why he goes first. Like, he set this shit up. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember, I remember listening to that for – I feel like it was, like, at least a few weeks before anybody else was on the track. It was just, yeah. like, Castro just so low-verse on that, waiting for you to uh, get on there. And then Alaska came in last. So shout-out to the whole call-out call out culture crew. Yep. It's a fresh collab. Chablau. <laughs> You're not kidding about Murdoch getting his ass kicked in that show, by the way. Every episode, showing up for work, you know. <laughs> That's like, it. But he was blind, so he could, he could say he fell down or something. People would believe him, you know. Yeah, like he's fucking clubbing it out, man. Get out of here. Uh, doorknob hit me in the eye again. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, I, I, I tripped on the remote again. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Let me see your case. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's been the reception you guys have had for this album as far as you know fans and even your peers and people anybody else you know how how's it been for the record it's been great i mean sales have been good and just 
nobody has said one bad, even semi half ass bad comment, which is weird. Usually is somebody hating, but everybody said good shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's been like, you know, just people are happy with the record. You know what I mean? I think people are just kind of a bit more like surprised and shocked and kind of like, wow. You know what I mean? A lot of impressed cats, you know what I mean? So we've been happy, you know what I mean? Like, people were, uh, it's just been an all-around positive uh, experience. Yeah, bro, this is, I mean, this is my, I don't even know how many fucking albums and records I've put out at this point in my life. But this is, like, my fastest-selling, biggest splash with the amount of pieces, guests. Like, this is the type of record I was hoping um, would have the reception back in, like, 20, what year was that? 2013, 14, I did this record, No Vacation for Murder. Zilla Rocker and the Shadow Boxers, where I had like Rock Marcy on the record and Geechee Suede and fucking Mike Eagle before he blew up. And uh, I thought like that shit was going to be like the, the one. And then it, it just came and it did what it did. And I, and I love it. But this one was like the fully fleshed version out of like, you know, dream, dream lineups of Nature and Malik B and Jay Zone. Check. Like I've been buying Jay Zone records since 2000. Now he's on my shit. Amazing. Having my friends come through Cam and Woods and Alaska and Castro, check. Having a newer cat that I'm now a fan of, Lord Juco, check. You know what I mean? Like Denmark, another fucking guy I've loved forever, check. Like the music, fire. Like to- not like anything I've really made. You know what? I've been meaning to say this, Chunk. You know what it reminds me of this record musically? It's an album I've loved so much. And I, and I remember as soon as it came out, I'm like, why didn't I fucking think of this? It was the Black Rock album that Dame Dash did with the Black Keys. You ever fuck with that record? No, you, well, you told me to go back and listen to it, and I think I tried to, but it was like it was so dated at that point that I just couldn't fuck with it. But I love the Black Keys, so like I mean, got, well, there's a song in there. I'll have like, to try um, that Black right. Rock one again, but I Pete, mean, Black Keys. Pete the joint. No, Pete the Raekwon joint is called "Stay Off the Fucking Flowers." The Raekwon joint, and this is Ray coming right off Cuban Links too, like "Rays on Fire." So he's got a song on there with them. There's, there's another banging song with um with Most Def and Jim Jones. That's the only one that I know of is the Most Def one. Yeah, they had a video for it, I believe. Too. Yeah, that yeah. one's dope. There, there. Oh, and there's another Most Def solo song called On the Vista, which is crazy. There's like three crazy fucking records, and then you can go online and watch how they made a record, which is ill. But when you're watching that, I remember watching that. That's like ten years ago. I was always like, fuck, like why did I never do this type of record? So that checked that off. Like this album has that feel to me. Because of the samples you were picking, the musicians you were bringing in, the sounds. It's like, that's checked off. So it's like, if 20 fucking assholes on Twitter tomorrow or wherever just started popping mad shit and did whatever, I'd be like, yo, no one can tell me a goddamn thing. Because the record's crazy. The merch is insane. Everything I ever needed to have happen in terms of all my rap wishes have happened. You know what I mean? Like, this is my first time on vinyl. To have my own project, which is me, like this is the shit. So I, I love this shit, man. It's like, I, again, I don't care what. It, and for it to be my biggest selling record, like fresh out the box, and not getting any, like, I'm, I'm waiting for like the backhanded reviews where people are like, yeah, you know, pretty cool, but you know, like, <laughs> right. where they, they, they give you like a reluctant three out of five or a reluctant seven out of ten or some shit. Like, I, I read all that shit and check it out. Because, like, I'm, I'm not above, like, criticism. Like, I'm always trying to get better. But uh, I haven't really seen that either. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen people being like, nah. You know, the beats are crazy. The guests and beats are crazy. But this guy, nah. You know what I mean? Or, like, I just grabbed it because the art was crazy. But the song's garbage. You know, like, I don't see that shit either. So it's 
it's cool, man. I mean, this is this is a fucking resounding success. It's been cool, man. Yeah, that's great, man. And I got to ask if you guys can do any visuals for it. You know, I see like the trend seems to be animated videos. I saw Public Enemy had two animated videos. Some others. Any chance you guys might do something either visual with just a video or animation or anything like that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I have a clip thing to, to do for Coppola to drop it, but for some reason, my iMovie, like I'm trying to just edit this shit down a little bit. So I've been having troubles like trying to chop it down. It's like a little like, you know, a Twitter video clip of Coppola where it has, like, a, a, a split screen of all 70s movies, which is, you know, themed. Oh, movie. nice. Yeah, I, I, I've really been thinking, no, Chong, we haven't talked about it, but I, I'm thinking I'm thinking we should probably do some shit now. Like, we, we I, I want to. It's just one of those things where I want to make sure that we do a quality video because I see too many independent um, artists doing just cheap-looking videos, and then it kind of, like, it, you know, it's like you can't – out there looking cheap so it's like if we do it i want to do it right the problem was was i was gonna get like like a filmmaker out here or like a videographer and like the quotes i was getting is just i couldn't afford it to do like a full-fledged music video if i had a nice camera and editing equipment i've got the skills i could do it but like my computer's too old like i need a new laptop like the thing with a lot of these like programs is like they almost force you to get a new laptop like i got a macbook from like 2011 and it's just not new enough to use final cut pro or adobe you know i mean not strong enough so if i could get those programs on a high quality computer i could whip something up for sure and if i could get a camera the other thing is i'm in canada he's in philly so it's like if I do a video, he's not going to be in it. If he does a video in Philly, I'm not right. going to be in it. I don't have to be in the video. I'm not like Puff Daddy. I don't. Go I was, was going to say, video, but... do Suge Knight reference. Yeah. <laughs> all up in the video. All up in the video. I'm all going to be all up in the video. Dancing. Dancing. Popping champagne. <laughs> so apparently, apparently he was actually, <laughs> so apparently Suge was actually dissing Jermaine Dupree. He wasn't dissing Puffy. I always I thought it was Puffy. Definitely. Definitely dissing Puffy. Just saying. But Puffy was in the crowd that day. Whatever. You don't love you don't love Snoop Dogg? There's also a guy I know that does animated videos. He did like uh, Rock Marcy's animated video recently and I reached out to him and he kinda like he had been on like my he's like a producer, this cat on Just. I wanted him to do the video. Cause he does ill animated videos for like Hyro and stuff. And um, he just didn't really get back to me. I don't know if he was too busy or didn't want to do it. He didn't even really respond when I said like, I got work for you when you're ready. Like I got video work. Just let me know. Like I'm, I need a video done. And he just never really got back. So it was just like, all right, like either he's too busy or doesn't want to do it. So Right. Now that'd be cool. I got to bring this up though, because uh, Griffin Scorsese been on here. Zilla's on here for the second time and Alaska was on. You know, Zilla don't like Star Wars. Alaska don't like Boba Fett. Griffin Scorsese shitted on Juice. All right, Chong, what do I like that you're going to shit on? Do you hate wrestling? Uh, do you hate the Cubs? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what, what are you going to hate on on the podcast that I'm a fan of? <laughs> I definitely don't like wrestling. I mean, I, I liked it. it when I was a kid, like in the late 80s, early 90s. I like wrestling, too, but now it's like I look at it and I'm just like, nah, 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 so I'm like wrestling. No, it's not me. I don't I like wrestling. It was fresh back in the day. They had all the cool characters, the pageantry, the whole thing. But as an adult, you know what I mean? Like, that shit just doesn't. Are you saying this for kids? Me. Are, you, are you telling me kids should watch it, not adults? Well, it's like all dudes, like, <laughs> fighting in spandex oiled up and on steroids and cocaine. So it's like, wow. I'm not really that, I'm not really into that. <laughs> Hey, oh, coming for his neck. Oh, man. Griff, Griff, like, Scorsese <laughs> won't like that. <laughs>
Oh, I got no love for Junkyard Dog. Y'all don't love yeah, him? Like I said, no, I like the character. Come to man. death row. <laughs> I was a kid, you know what I mean? And as a kid, I liked it. And they had, like I said, back in the day, they had the ill characters. I don't really follow it anymore, but you look at it, and a lot of the the um, wrestlers, it doesn't seem like they really have a lot of cool like, it's characters. It's not the fucking stereotypes, man. It's not the fucking, like, Akeem the African Dream. We're talking guy. But it's a white dude. <laughs> Uh, oh, when I watch Glow, which is my shit on Netflix, you really be like, wow, every fucking character was like an over the top, stereotypical, right. racist shit. Like, <laughs> right, in the 80s, a bad guy was Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov because they were Russian and Iran. Yeah. And, right, it's always Hulk Hogan was a real American, brother, all that garbage. Yeah, he's super fly, snooker. And- yeah, dude. And Ultimate, what the fuck was Ultimate Warrior? Like, what was that? Roy he was just, yeah, he was just. He was my favorite, though, back in the day. He was I, awesome. I used to draw that logo. It was basically a Wu-Tang logo upside down. I remember, like, my, <laughs> I never thought my little brother watched the wrestling live event. We saw Undertaker versus uh, Ultimate Warrior in the body bag match. It was, it was dope. It was dope when I was a kid. I just don't like it anymore. That's, that's, that's all that is, you know what I mean? I kind of treated it like comic books. I stepped away for a bit, but female wrestling got me back. And I like Sasha Banks and Asuka, some of the current ones. So that's what got me back into it. But I see what you're talking about. You know, the, there's not a lot of characters now. It's I mean, not I gimmicky. I wanted to watch Fool's Fight. I just watched UFC, and I do watch UFC a little bit. Not as much as I used to. Like about a decade, 15 years ago, I was really into UFC. Nowadays, like not as much. My friends are still into it. So sometimes it's a reason to hang out with the homies. I'll go see a UFC event, but not really my thing that much anymore. And Zill, I got to ask why you don't like Star Wars, man. You don't have to get into a whole thing about it, but you know, I'm just curious. Did you ever watch it and hate it, or you just, you just like me? I didn't ever watch Lord of the Rings. I have no interest in that shit. Yo, I've never, I've never seen Avatar, and I don't give a fuck to ever see Avatar. You know what I mean? Just, I like, saw it once. I never watched that again. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, like it's, it's left like no cultural impact on any and anything. Else. I don't think uh, Avatar is definitely not something you need to see at the time. At the time, it was like cutting edge, like just right. for the budget and the technology. But it's not like. It's, it's influenced nothing. Like, no one's been like, oh, you clearly see the Avatar uh, homage, that shit. But, like, Star Wars, it was just like, I liked it when I was a kid, you know, the, uh, the Luke Skywalker shit and all that. It was, the, And I had, like, a friend who was, like, Star Wars out, so I was all into it because he fucking liked it. And then I remember, you know, not caring for a long time. And then when the prequels came out, I was, like, I was, like, towards the end of high school. So I, it was like, you know, it was a cultural phenomenon when they brought those Jar Jar Binks movies out. <laughs> oh, I remember, dude. Garbage. You know, so I remember going to see the first one with like my high school girlfriend, not knowing shit, and just sitting there, and it was over, and I was like, God, that, that was a total waste of my time. And I was a high school kid. Like, I would just go to movies all the time because when you're in high school, you have nothing else to do. And I was like, that was just like, what the fuck? What, what happened in this movie? And then I saw the second one. What was the second one? Attack of the Clones or something? Yeah. That's when they're frolicking in the forest or whatever. Yeah, it's awful. Okay. Yeah, it's like I had had a free pass to see that shit before it came out. So I went because I'm like, all right, it's free. Fuck it, you know. And I remember being like, you know, this Hayden Christensen dude is like the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's horrible. It was embarrassing. And I was like, I'm like embarrassed watching the movie for this guy. I was like, I can't believe this dude is the main guy. And then Natalie Portman, she was terrible. And I loved her. She was terrible. And I was just like, there were some dope action scenes. And then whatever the last one was in that trilogy, everyone said it was really dope, where he goes, he goes rogue and mean and dark. I was just exhausted. I was like, I can't. I can't do all this shit. And so I just kind of checked out forever. I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. And then once the newer ones, like Rogue One, on I came out, and people were saying, oh, I never cared about Star Wars. I watched this as a dope. I was like... 
all right, you know, I remember I had on the background once I was doing something. I just never looked up to watch it. And I was like, all right, fine. But uh, I just, I'm not, I've tried, you know what I mean? I've given it my time. It's just, it doesn't click. No, that's a, that's a real response, man. I mean, yeah, like the first three are really fucking good. Like if if, if the first three are on and someone watches, like I'll sit down and watch the, you know, Jedi shit. Like I'll, I'll watch that shit. I think it's good. But uh, those those middle three, the prequels are tra- trash, and then the newer ones, I don't know. I don't know enough. I've seen like very mixed reviews. The new ones are pretty trash too. I mean, really, I, think, no. I love Star Wars, but I also it's a love hate relationship because there is like great moments and there's horrible moments. You know what I mean? And it's just like even within movies, like sometimes like parts of the movies are good and sometimes it's not. You know what I mean? But I mean, this Mandalorian series has kind of brought back my love for it because like it's that great. new trilogy yeah. really kind of was just like it was all right you know like but i i don't know i'm enjoying the mandalorian it's high quality it's entertaining yeah because they're not trying to you know take you back to the original trilogy they're just doing their own story of course the canon is still there but i like that they're it's like it's got a western vibe to it and uh it's definitely not trying to yeah, repair the work of the bad trilogy from before or even the more recent ones. Now, that's cool, Zilla. I mean, look, cool man. It's a world, but obviously, obviously they've had a lot of execution problems over the years, so just leave it at that. Yeah, prequels are bad. They're terrible. My, my, my main concern or problem with the prequels is that that dude was a little kid and Natalie Portman was whatever age she was. And then, like, the next movie, he all of a sudden is, like, 10 years older, and she's the same age. And, you know, he was, like, feeling... <laughs> he was, like, all into her when he was, like, six. Like, I don't get that. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, that, that it, there's a lot of other problems with that movie, but, yeah, Jar Jar's one of them, too. So, yeah. I thought, like, Darth Maul would, would have been, like, some Yes, remember, he like, needed a spinoff. Fascinating how he looked, and he had, like, the double lightsaber, like, fucking, like, bow, like, Donatello shit going on. I'm like, all right, this is dope. And then, like, he was done. I was like, well, what the fuck would I watch another one? Like, <laughs> the only good reason to watch done, it. Though. He's, not, oh, he's done. not Oh, spoiler. Spoiler, wow. spoiler. Well, right. you can watch Solo if you want. Okay. He's in there. Oh, cool. He's in the animated series, and they kind of explain how he survived. I don't know. It's just one of those, like, he thought he was dead, but he's not kind of shit. Yeah. It's just like, no. all right, fuck. Like, he didn't want to get rid of the character because, like, he had fans, so they just had to bring him back. It's cool, though. It's cool that it, what they've done on the animated series with them. Man, before I let you guys go, any more comic thoughts? Is there any, any comics that you are reading right now? I know, Zilly, you were talking about that Old Man Hawkeye. Did you get around to reading that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Old Man Haw- Hawkeye's fire. Um, what else am I fucking with? I've really been into this dude. Um, his name's Jason. Do you know this guy? Uh, he, he's, a, he's a writer um, and a uh, he's a writer and he's an artist. And he writes these like really absurd, surreal books um, where everyone's like a dog or a cat. But he'll tell like these very like poignant or like very bizarre stories. And like one's called like I Killed Adolf Hitler. And and like Hitler's like a dog. But it's not like, uh, what was that one book? Uh, it's not like fucking um, Black Sod where it's, it's like a noir story, but everyone's like a different animal. It's just like all the characters are just like dogs and or, or cats, but the stories are like really, really either really surreal or like really romantic and intense. And I just like found his shit and they're all like one off books that aren't connected to anything else. But they're all drawn the same way. Yeah, like like I killed Adolf Hitler Hitler's a shit. One one's called like Werewolves of Mount Pelier. So he's definitely like a European dude. Um, The Last Musketeer. I burned through a bunch of these books, man. These shits are so good. Cause like they're really like you read them, and you're like, I could have drawn this shit, but I couldn't have thought of something this good and wrote it this good. You know what I mean? 
which is like really interesting to me. So yeah, I fuck with that dude, Jason. His name is just Jason. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> How about you, Chong? You reading like, anything right now? I'm reading a lot of shit, man. Um, as far as new titles, I mean, I'm all over the place. Um, I'm reading this joint, the Autumnal, kind of like a horror joint on Vault Comics. I'm reading the Department of Truth on Image. That's pretty crazy. Um, basically, just anything like certain writers, man. Anything by Ed Brubaker. Anything yeah. by Hickman, Anything by Warren Ellis. Anything yeah. by like Tom Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Like whenever they do something together, just gotta read it um i recently like found this old school um jordorowski comic like in the meta barons and that shit blew my mind like that's probably the best shit i've ever read just like it's like basically if jordorowski got to do his dune story but since they wouldn't let it since hollywood wouldn't fund his dune movie <laughs> he did the comic book version and it's just so like it's insane and the artist he got um this Jimenez cat is just sucking out of this world so you guys can find that it's a it's a, it's a heavy duty hardcover thick expensive uh meta barons definitely check that some mind-blowing shit no doubt i i got a lady death i've been meaning to read for like months that's been sitting on the shelf so shout out to uh, brian polito and coffin comics but yeah there's there's a lot of stuff i'm sleeping on you know i got a 16 month old so you know i gotta pick and choose my moments man you know i've been <laughs> able to yeah, watch bro. the boys and read comics i'm learning on the fly here how hard it is to get that time to sit there and just what, nerd out what, what, as soon as they hit like four years old you can get back in the swing of things full speed four oh, okay so three more years Sorry. yeah like, one, like once they hit four like they'll be like very very fucking rude and snapping on you all the time and like pissing you off but they also don't need as much. So you can start really like zoning out again. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. She, she likes everything I'm doing now, but I I think, yeah, you're right. Maybe in a few years she'll think I'm an idiot. And nah, bro, (laughs) that, that three to four year run. That's like a, that's like a two year jail strip. You're like in jail. Man. Doing a bid. And then you had COVID on top of it, dude. (laughs) Yeah. No good. (laughs) Like even when I had that free time in the earlier in the year, it's like, I, I can't do shit. I can't watch anything. There's nothing mm-hmm. out. It's just, ah, uh, sports weren't going on. It was just like, I don't have this free time and I can't use anything. I can't do anything with it. <laughs> I, I, I feel for you, bro. I really do. Yeah, no, shout out to both I mean, of you guys. Kids, I mean, my kids' Halloween tree still. I should bang them. You know <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Halloween was different, Halloween. man, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, we went out. Yeah, we, we did too, a couple hours. Got the mask I mean, all, on. All candy. He goes to bed. I eat like... 2,000 calories in training. Man, I just say, I killed all the Reese's already. That's my joint. That's my go-to. Uh, hey, you guys. <laughs> I go Reese's. I go Butterfinger. Twix. Uh, I'm a big chocolate dude. I'm eating gummy bears now just because it's all left. Like, all the good candies are gone. It's like the bottom shit. But. And when you're doing an interview, you want to have something like that, like gummy bears. That's because it's hard to understand you, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Mumble rap. Yeah, Haribo Gold Bears. That's a good brand. Nah, Reese's and Snickers are my two joints. So what about, what about you, Chong? You you, you fuck with any uh, fun size candy bars? Oh yeah, my wife. My wife bought like the day after Halloween. My wife went and bought up all the cheap discounted oh, yeah, for two dollars. Oh my god! Like I, this week, actually, I've I've decided to take a sugar. Like I'm cutting myself off from sugar and carbs this week because like it was just getting out of hand. Like I ate so much sugar for a few weeks, first couple weeks of a uh, November there, so. But yeah, Snickers, butter, Snickers and uh, Reese's for sure out of the popular uh, candy. Definitely. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let everybody know how to find the album, how they could follow you guys, and any future projects you guys want to plug or anything, feel free to go ahead at it. Uh, you can check out Midnight Suns record, chongwizard.bandcamp.com. We got like one t-shirt left, I think, and like maybe five hoodies or some shit. Sean would know the, the inventory. But there you go. Yeah, something like that. I mean, we got <laughs> got a lot of vinyl left. Um, CDs are starting to go. I mean, we got the restock of the uh, the second pressing of the cassette tape. Yeah. Um, we got we got some other shit in store coming soon too. We got some Midnight Suns hats on the way that are going to be yeah. really sick. Um, they should show up in I don't know anywhere sometime in this month, maybe early December at latest. And trying to get like a repress of the. Uh, CDs with um, jewel case style, like slightly different um, artwork, just for uh, just for the collectors. And I'm gonna, I want something free to come with the hats too. So that'll be the jewel case style CD. Will be coming free with them, the nice Suns hats. So that should be early December, I'd say. So we're not letting up on this, man. We're freaking, shit's gonna be in stock. So don't worry about that. Go to, go cop that Midnight Sun shit. No doubt. Yeah. And Disney, if you're listening for the series, you know, there's plenty of songs in here you could use as an intro theme, maybe like the Mark Spector theme, you know what I mean? Put that right on when the show starts. That kicks it off every week. Just an idea, Disney. I know Disney's listening. I mean, I know they're always checking me out, so. Uh, they're they're, they're going to ghost face us where, like, when the Iron Man movie <laughs> came out, they put a shit in the background of a scene, and then they don't put any ghost face on the fucking soundtrack. Wow. And this motherfucker yeah. dances out my Iron Man. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, good good point. I didn't see Method Man and Ghost, Ghost Rider. Popularity with, with those with those companies. They'll probably go with Run the Jewels or like Kendrick yeah. Lamar, whoever. We're not big enough for Marvel. Five, ten years from now, if we're lucky, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll crack that barrier of Marvel recognizing us. Hopefully it's oh. just in time for the uh, Moon Knight series. Yo, you would think, according to Marvel and Disney, Run the Jewels is the only rap group who ever came out. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> they, they put these fucking guys, shout to L, shout to Mike. They put these motherfuckers on everything. I'm like, they don't have shit to do with Black Panther in the Black Panther trailer. You know what I mean? They're not on the soundtrack. I'm like, yo. Yep. Every fucking cover. Goddamn. Well, it's a, you got to give them props. They make the right music for that. They make the high energy shit. Oh, yeah. No, no, no samples. No. And it's, it's you know what I mean. It's their branding is incredible. You know what I mean. Like I'm happy. Bro. They're, they're doing this whole thing with that cyberpunk video game. Like they're doing like I don't know if they're doing a song or they did like a video for it or something. They got the merch for it. I'm just like I don't even know if I, I probably have no interest in the video game. But now all of a sudden it's just like damn, this publicity game is so good. I'm I'm slightly interested to check out the video game now. It's just like but yeah, run the jewels. Fuck, they're everywhere. So if you expect a theme song out of us for Marvel, no, it's probably or probably Run the Jewels. We're gonna do the Moon Knight soundtrack and then we're gonna get fucking shit on and then whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Man, where can they find you guys on social media? You guys do that stuff, of course. Of course. It's where it's where we met. It's where we we, we, we crossed paths. And Twitter, I love tweeting. Zilla Rocket. Instagram, same thing. I'm not on Facebook. I don't care if you think fucking Trump won still. That's why I'm going on Facebook. I'm never on that shit. Instagram, and then Co-op Culture Podcast. We got the Patreon just started. And the rest, if you want to be, you know, a freeloader, you can still peep us on Apple and and, and Spotify. <laughs> I'm eating more candy. Sorry, I'm eating quick sparse. No, it's all right, man. <laughs> uh, I'm up on social media. They can find me. Chong Wizard. It's an easy name. 
easy name to search for. You can find it. Not too many other people calling themselves Chong Wizard out there. So Google is your friend. There you go, man. All right, well, let Zilla go ahead and get back to that Halloween candy and Chong Wizard. You know, stick to your uh, your no sugar routine. And <laughs> appreciate both of you dudes I'm, I'm for trying, coming on man. here. I'm trying. <laughs> it's not easy, man. Like I said, I killed all the Reese's and now I'm fiending for some more. I got I got to go to the store and get like a that discount bag that they're trying to get off the shelf. Put the Christmas Let's stuff on there. Do it. Don't worry about it. Man, no doubt. All right. Zilla Rocka, Chong Wizard, their album Midnight Suns. Go get it now. Stop sleeping. If you're a Moon Knight fan, Ghost Rider, Marvel, all that shit, like I am, definitely want to peep this record out. It is a classic already. If you're a Rubber Jewels fan, if you're a Rubber Jewels fan, check that one of the Moon Knight soundtrack. <laughs> but if you want the real shit, Midnight Suns. There it is. <laughs> Say that. Man, big up to both of you dudes for coming on here. Got a chance to talk comics. It's been a while since I've had any comic talk on this show. So big up to both of you dudes for bringing oh, that on here. I appreciate that. It's fun to Read talk. more comics, motherfuckers. All y'all. Just yeah. Not even just us three. The rest of y'all, read some motherfucking comics. It's better than television. It's better than movies. All the good shit's there. Agreed. Open up your mind. Fucking that shit's inspiring. Go read some shit. Yeah, it's four dollars, man. Don't be a cheap asshole. <laughs> Not only that, but all the TV and movie shows are based off of a comic book. So there you go. Be, oh, exactly. be original. Really bad versions of the comics. You want to read the good shit. Yeah, comics. hence X-Men. Hence every X-Men movie. Right. Or CW shows, uh, which I stopped watching because <laughs> they're all turned into Scooby-Doo. It's like there's seven they people on the show. The, and they film, all those CW, they film all those CW shows on my block, man. Like fucking <laughs> The Green Arrow, fucking Supergirl, all what that tomorrow? in my alley behind my fucking building. Like, oh, my God. That shit's so cheap. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah, Infinite Earth looked like fucking dog shit. I was like, yo, bro, come on. You guys spent some money on this. That was. I watched the first I'm two and I didn't finish it because I, I didn't. I watched the trailer of Flash and I was like, this trailer is so bad. Or the, the, or the pilot. You watched the pilot for the Flash and I was like, this is fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my question with the Flash always has been is uh, who's paying for the electricity in that lab? None of them go to work. They all have jobs, but they don't do anything. They never go to work. I, I've seen Iris not write one article. Uh, none of them, go, the dude no. doesn't go to, to the police station hardly ever. Who's paying for electricity oh, okay. in that bitch? Oh, uh, Flash generates that shit. That motherfucker just hops on the fucking, fucking on the fucking treadmill and fucking runs up the fucking How did I not think of that? farm or whatever. <laughs> the only thing I hate, I really hate about the show Castro. I, I still watch it the first couple seasons. First, every if if you bumped into Barry Allen and you talked to him for more than four minutes, he'd be like, "Check it out, of the Flash, you're on the team Flash now." Like every by the time they show up, there were forty fucking people that knew who the Flash. I'm like, bro, it's supposed to be a secret. That's the point. Oh, check it out, Team Flash. We added this fucking guy. Oh, this girl. Oh, he's coming through. And I'm the- like, dude, what, what's up? What are you doing? And all they need is a computer. They could interact with any camera in the city. They know everything, every move that's being made. And Flash apparently can't do it on his own. So weak. Yeah, he, you know, he went on. A, he, there's one of the, he went on a date with a girl for fucking two dates. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm the Flash. I was like, what are you doing? Can you fucking wait like a year? Jesus Christ, man! I, that dude first showed up on Green Arrow. I'm like, isn't the guy like 12? Like he's gonna be Flash? Like, come on, man! This dude don't look like. I like him as Barry, but yeah, that, that facts regard. But she was just running. He's running like this all the time. You can't see it. You're running. That'd be all blurry. 
<laughs> when they when they did that Glee episode, I I, I tapped out. I'm like, that's it. I'm I'm done. I, peace. Yeah. I, I can't watch this anymore. I'm proud to say I've never watched any of those CWs other than that one Flash pilot. And it was just like, nope. Nah. Yeah. Black Lightning was decent, and um, Arrow had its moments, but yeah, Flash got bad fast. I mean, it, it I super tried to watch was... that Gotham show. It was like semi decent, and then I was just like, after the first season, I think I was just like, eh, I don't know if I need to keep watching this. Right? Like, can I oh, stop yo, seeing yo, Penguin yo, as a kid? Doom Patrol is Doom Patrol is dope, bro. Doom Patrol. Is I watched the first season. Is there a second season of Doom Patrol? It's coming out now. I think. I think it's out right now. So like I watched the first one. It was solid. It was all right. I'll, I'll go to the there we go. I haven't Umbrella seen it. Academy. That's the shit. That Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Damn. I'm not sure about Umbrella. Should I watch it? I'm not sure about it. Oh my god. Really? You don't need to know anything. I never. I never saw. I never read the comic books. But the, it's fucking amazing. Like the first two seasons. Incredible. You gotta gotta watch this shit. Netflix. I'll keep it. It's Castro and Alaska. I love it. Oh, it's a must watch. Alright, I'll it. There you go. I'm gonna go watch that right now. Like I did last time I talked to you, Zilla, when uh, Alaska brought up Terrifier, I turned that shit on after I turned off the uh, the computer here. And uh yeah, that was a bad idea to go to sleep and watch that before, you know. <laughs> some crazy shit. Yeah, man. I can't touch it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm so scared bitch when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. Man, big up to both of you Probably dudes. Up there. It's one of the best it's one of the best um T V shows fucking Superhero comic book TV shows out. It's up there with the boys. I'm on. I'm quality. No more. I want it right now because I wasn't gonna watch Hellstrom, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break from that shit. Give us a shot. Hellstrom's kind of ill too. All right, I'm gonna watch Hellstrom. There you go. We all got stuff to watch. Big up to Zilla Rocka. Big up to Chong Wizard. Midnight Suns album's out right now. Listen to that album. Go watch these shows we're talking about. Read them comic books. Expand your mind. And uh, yeah, once again, big up to both you dudes. Appreciate it. Guys can always come back on and talk more comics, music, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Thanks, bro. Shit on Thanks wrestling. Thanks for having us on, man. Props to, props to you and uh, Infinite Banner. No, I appreciate uh, Infinite it. Infinite Banter. Banter, yeah. Bruce, Ban- Bruce Banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my middle name is Bruce, so that actually works. But yeah, that wasn't the idea. Nah, then, look, you can't be Bruce. That that was too gay for people in the seventies. You got to be David. Yeah, yeah. They changed it to David, and I've had to tell people all the time who never read a comic book, they're like, "Yeah, it's David Banner." I'm like, "Nah, dude. That's Ugh. all right. Here we go. We got. I got to school you now. Sit down." <laughs> it's. I think they made it his middle name on the show. I could be wrong, but David Bruce Banner. <laughs> Stupid. I always called him Bruce. Yeah, he's Bruce. Bruce. Even with even when the rapper David Banner came out, I always was like, "What the hell? Why did he call himself David Banner? I thought it was Bruce Banner." <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn it, Bill Bixby. Like, <laughs> Bill Bixby. Not that he did it, but he played the part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's right, Bruce. Broad, There's a lot of good Bruce's. There's Bruce Lee, Bruce Smith, Bruce Wayne. There's tons of good Bruce's. Stop, stop shitting on the name Bruce. So Isaac Bruce. Yeah, there's good Bruce's out there. I think Bruce. <laughs> he liked that one? <laughs> I pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> number eight. Number 80 on the Rams. Yeah. Running up and down. I'm going to put him in. I liked him. Tory Holt. Shout out to Tory Holt. There you go. And shout out to you for that Kevin Dyson line, speaking of the Rams. So big up for uh, yeah, on, on the Cargo I look, Colts. Yo, I'm more, yo I, I like when people fuck with certain lyrics like that. When people catch it, I appreciate that. Who was the other guy that was? Who was the other receiver that was with Tory Holt on that team? Isaac Bruce. Oh, Isaac Bruce. Oh, yeah. So Isaac, so Isaac Bruce. Oh, Isaac Keem, you might be thinking of, right? A cousin. Yeah. 
he had a cousin named Arlen Bruce who played up here for the uh, the BC Lions and the CFL. And I was DJing this uh, this um, pub, and he showed up, and I was like, I was spinning like ludicrous or some shit, pimping all over the world, and he was just fucking giving me mad props and fucking like, yo, yo, I'm Arlen Bruce, like fucking. <laughs> And fucking the sick thing was they won the fucking uh, they won the Grey Cup, which is like the Super Bowl, and he fucking caught a Super Bowl or he caught a touchdown and shit. It was, it was ill. Was ill that fucking Isaac Bruce's fucking cousin fucking saw me DJ. Arlen Bruce, that was the Arlen Bruce. That's <laughs> awesome. Motherfucker, uh, motherfucker was like a wannabe rapper too. Like it was ridiculous. Cool. He tried to send me some songs. It was just so bad, so horrible. I was like, man, no, just just stick to football. Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be on the next yeah. album <laughs> resurrect that joint come on man <laughs> yeah get, yo he's gonna be on the next album it'd be him terminology fucking chuck chug rock there you go they'll be like <laughs> oh man <laughs> like Kirkland dodgers three they got to both you dudes man appreciate you guys giving me this time and uh Go check out Midnight Sun, Stop Sleeping, Silaraka, Chong Wizard in the building. Big up to both of you dudes. Thanks. Peace. 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 Man, it was just a blast talking to those dudes. You know, I don't get a chance to talk about comic books as much as I'd like to on here. So really great to have them on talking about all kinds of comic books that I'm way behind. I need to start reading and get back into it. But speaking of getting back into it, let's play a song off the album, Midnight Sun's another one. You heard Mark Spector theme earlier right here. Let's go and play that song with Malik B. I mean, it's just uh, when I saw his name on the, on the track list, on the features, I was just like really anticipating to hear this song. This one right here is called Philadelphia. Uh, one of my favorite tracks off the album and you know rest in peace to Malik B one of the legends in Philadelphia and in hip-hop history right here Zilla Rocka Chong Wizard featuring Malik B this is Philadelphia off their new album Midnight Suns on the Infinite Banter Podcast I'm from Philadelphia, land where the killers dwell killers dwell killers 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 dwell I'm from Philadelphia, land where the killers dwell killers dwell Yo, yo, I'm Del Toro, Bora Bora, tape recorder, werewolf aura, gorgeous walker, ruthless author, full moon orphan. Land this picture, gothic fiction, shoot on instinct, but you missed it. Brutal visions, exorcisms, Turkish prisons that you sit in. Walking papers, holding sabers, shirts ain't fitting. Metamorphosis, gather horses, hundred crosses, we the rawest. High from news, biting bruise, bristles under tongue is how we speak since we were young. Leave the mark of beast on drums, drums, uh-uh. You too casual, you move too lateral. The deuce deuce inside the boot is the collateral. Accounts, high jinx in hell. The gunshot jazz that burn the wax on your shelf. Uh Where the killers dwell, killers dwell, killers dwell. I'm from Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the land where the killers dwell, killers dwell. I'm from Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Always run, always told that this thing we can't control is enough to light a flare and turpentine to black a soul. The voice is hella human and the eyes are crescent moans. The night is fireproof, it's just violence we consume. Mountain ash won't do it and the bullets are old fashioned. How are you? Ayo, I'm howling at the moon Pencil pushers, bourbon buzzard, bible thumper Murder lovers searching for her perfect husband He ain't me, who's your cousin? 
Living out the luggage, never trusted Sipping seltzer every day Cause Belvedere is just not in the budget Luscious handle, blendo, breakfast, mad obsession In their rental with Ramon Who was reckless, but his caddy smells like lemons Never jump grenades, defuse them Refuse them, then elude them Y'all are desperate, seeking Susan What a loser, Psh. 700 honey circles, dancing nervous, clutching perfect I seen snakes with better feet, boy, you far from perfect I'm from Philadelphia, land where the killers dwell Killers dwell, killers dwell, killers dwell I'm from Philadelphia, 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 the land where the killers dwell Hey yo, we sitting back, chilling with our minds on the money Trying to make a profit out of dimes for a 20 We do it from the muscle, been through all kinds of struggles Ever since a kid, I've been through all kinds of tussles Trying to live joyous so somebody will employ us Face discrimination so we gotta call our lawyers Trying to get further, say the flat for a murder One fact you heard, a 20 flat for the murder Hit man for hire so the tracks will get served up I'm on my level in the back, you know getting swerved up My style shot and it's known to give an aneurysm Do for self with the gangsterism, mannerism I got the fire in me, little Jeremiah in me You get the message nigga, well that's the messiah in me I'm like a man that killed, killer flow Sedanderville that smooth ill shit, nigga that so throw shit The beat like butter, Philly streets like mother The sight like gutter, hit you with the night flutter once you're done listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast, make sure you go check out my friends over at the Dumb Found Dead Podcast. Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical, that'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms, such as Apple Podcasts. Spotify and many more and make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the dumbfounded pod and on Twitter at TDFD pod and remember think ahead don't be dumb found dead yo this your boy Moff checking on infinite banter with my man DJ Soundway time for you to leave assholes alright that's Kirk Acevedo telling me it's time to go and that is exactly what I'm going to do. But before I go, I got one thing to say real quick. I want to give mad props, big shout out to the one and only Theo Epstein. He's stepping down as a president of the Chicago Cubs. He's been here for about nine years. He had another year left on his deal, but he figured now's a good time to leave. I'm guessing he doesn't want to deal with all the rebuilding that's coming up. I don't blame him for that, but just got to give mad props to him. Uh, This dude might be the greatest executive of all time in any sport. This dude uh, was there for Boston when the Red Sox broke their streak of not having a championship for a long time broke that curse came here you know I was always skeptical because I never thought in my lifetime I'd ever see this team win and the Cubs are my all-time favorite team still are that when he came here there was a hope there was there was like a glimmer that something could happen and you know within five years of him coming here they got it done so nothing but props for Theo Epstein good luck to him and everything he does 
going forward. I know he will have mad success because this dude is just, you know, he's just really good at anything he does. If he wants to be commissioner, if he wants to be like a strategist for a future Democratic nominee for a campaign, he could do that. Anything he wants to do. If there's another baseball team that's, you know, flailing around and needs somebody to get him in the right direction, he will definitely take him there. So just want to give a shout out to him because, you know, one of the happiest days of my life was in 2016 when that team won that championship. And that that's, you know, that falls right on Theo, man. He did it. He broke it down, rebuilt it up, and put a team together that was competitive for five or six years. At the same time, they only won the one, but it's okay. It's better than none. I'm not going to complain. Uh, it's been a little rough the last couple of years, but, you know, big shout out to him. And I really appreciate it. And I just wanted to make sure I, I didn't do a show without at least acknowledging Uh, the greatness that Theo Epstein brought to this team and this city. I mean, he's always going to be a legend here. He might be the first dude that, besides Harry Carey, I guess, that'll get a statue that did not play. You know what I mean? So once again, uh, salute Theo Epstein. I appreciate you, dude. And uh, those who follow me on Instagram and Facebook, I posted some pictures about, you know, going to Wrigley Field the day after they won. It was just, man, it was just a big deal. I can't put it in words. It's just, it was just surreal to be standing outside that stadium after they won and to take pictures in front of the marquee and everything it was just uh just meant a lot so yo big up to that dude shout out to theo epstein and last but definitely not least as i'm recording this i have to give a big happy birthday to my wife what's up oogie happy birthday man i just wish there was no covid so we could actually go out and do something for it but uh yeah we, we can't have our celebration you just got to be in the house but that's cool we'll, we'll we'll figure out something fun to do in the house but happy birthday to you me and your daughter, my daughter, Melody, will definitely make sure that it's a memorable birthday for you. Happy birthday, Oogie. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you do. I love you. And uh, happy birthday. So maybe now she'll listen to the podcast. She doesn't usually check it out. She doesn't usually listen to this shit. If she hears from me when I tell her, like, hey, you know, I kind of talked about you at the end. So just fast forward it to the last 30 seconds. You, you'll hear it. So. Happy birthday, Oogie. All right, that's it. The show is over. Appreciate everybody for listening. Once again, shout out to Zillaraka. Big up to Chong Wizard. Really had a good time talking to those guys. And we're going to play one last song before we get out of here. But uh, before I do that, just want to let everybody know you can follow the show on all social platforms. Twitter, Facebook, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Same for Instagram. Go to YouTube, type in Infinite Banter. There'll be clips from this episode and past ones and links to the full episode. So definitely go check it out. I really appreciate it. Feel free to comment. Go on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you think. Rate it. The show is available on all digital platforms. Big up to everybody for listening. Go check out that new album, Midnight Suns. Zilla Rocka, Chong Wizard. It's a straight banger. There's nothing more I could say about it. You heard two songs. Here's one more before you go. This one's called Coppola. We talked about it in the interview. Really feeling this one. It's got that 70s like type of crime element movie theme style vibe from the 70s. I had Bernard Herman type steez. So definitely check this out right here on your way out. But definitely appreciate everybody who's been listening. Don't forget to uh, check out that album, Midnight Sun. Zilla Rocka, Chong Wizard. And until I do another one, I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. Right over there. He's right over there. He's getting in. We got yo. Stay close. Stay close. Remember what we gotta do, man. Come on. Okay. Get caught up with these five easy pieces. Give them dog day afternoons and scary evenings. His blood is like American graffiti. Tagging up the mean streets. 
thieves like us just need to get away Speedy, yo, we had a close encounter once I was a taxi driver across 110th street He was a writer for the network On his last detail, pulled a sting to catch females Re-up in Chinatown, it went well Called them the Switchblade Sisters Three women who play saddles for Barry Lyndon He was small time, he traded day for night He was the fall guy, nine years of straight time Protection inside, the grand prize was Annie Hall First of seven beauties, yo, I tried to squeeze her She was a silent movie, the daughter of the second godfather Like clockwork, my phone rang, he told me, you got work Annie in love with Carter, her father wouldn't have it They tangled in Paris and contemplated marriage I was out in Nashville, Carter's in Manhattan Took the Midnight Express, I'm at his door with gloves fastened No bystanders, cause Carter lived alone Halloween night, I'm in his closet with his coats He walked up in that house, don't make a sound I grabbed him out the vestibule, shit don't look now I catch 22 cause Carter did the news So I had to hide my tracks under bed knobs with brooms And that was that Gave him that Saturday Night Fever <laughs> Straight out the Badlands Long goodbye my man Till next time Infinite Banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.